So here we go. This is my day nine. Okay, and we're off. BK seems to be struggling there. Hang in there, BK. Uh, I'm coming in to help you. That's BK, whose video I'm following. As he is on his uh, day two of the Camino. And I'm on my day nine. Because uh, I'm only doing an hour a day before work. And yes, today I got up before work to do it. Of course, insisted on having a coffee. So I've started uh, just before 8 a.m. I really should be starting at 7, but hey. If you knew me, you'd realize it's a miracle that I even make it for 8. So, yes, miracles. I, You can believe in them now. The fact I even did the Camino and finished it is a mini miracle. The fact I'm doing it again with no proof of listeners. <laughs> uh, there will be hundreds of thousands of listeners. I, of that, I have no doubt. If we build it, they will come. Name the movie. The first prize for anyone who names a movie is uh, first person to name the movie. Five euros, subject to terms and conditions, which I'll uh, come up with later. That's just a joke, by the way. I don't want to be caught up in some sort of legal loophole, legal wormhole that will wipe out my millions. So let's just scrap the competitions cancelled. The film is Field of Dreams. There you go. Five, five euros for me. Competition over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. So what am I going to talk about today? Hmm. Let me see. Get my speed up a bit. 4.4 kilometers. And uh, I have various notes made things to talk about. Two that are on my list for today are Tinder and Farley's Rusks. So any of my listeners from Ireland or the UK should know what Farley's Rusks are. They're sort of biscuits for babies. Don't know if they have them in America. I'm sure you got some equivalent or my many listeners down in Australia. Uh, feel free to uh, comment, tell us what you got down there. So anyway, when I was a kid, uh, we never had Farley's Rusks in my house. I only discovered them when I visited my neighbor's house or my cousin's. Because my mother was and is a bit of a health freak. Porridge all the way. Oatmeal all the way. And... Uh, we never had them because there's sugar in them. So, of course, what are these people talking about? I feel like I'm hearing an English conversation. Maybe not. Um, I notice when I edit my video, is slightly out of sync with me. So I don't want to get too hung up on interacting 
with the dialogue. What are they saying, though? We'll never know. Okay, Farley's Rust. So, I did get to taste them, but I don't think my mother ever bought them once. Which is surprising, because... I mean, once I discovered their existence, I must have harassed her to buy them. I must have. I know me, I know what I'm like. So I probably did harass her. Maybe she gave in once or twice, I'm not sure. I know when our mother went away on a trip or something, or, or she wasn't away much, but uh, our dad would um, buy us sugar puffs for breakfast. Oh, that was good. That was good. I mean, I'm all for healthy food and all that. But uh, and I'm glad I was brought up to know the difference. But I certainly did enjoy my sugar puff hit. And then after I, when I grew up, became a so-called adult, I did go through a phase of um, eating sweet cereals. Hey, what? Hi. Hi. Where are you from? Uh, South Korea. South Korea. Ah. No. To speak in English now. So, where are you from? South Korea. I didn't hear where he was from. Onwards, Christian soldiers. Okay. Where was I? Farley's Rust and breakfast cereals. So yes, as an adult, here's the thing. If you're brought up to be really healthy, eat healthy porridge or oatmeal every day, it can backfire. Because then suddenly, all these things that you weren't allowed are exotic. So yes, I did go through a phase in my early 20s of eating sweet cereals. And uh, then I reverted back to mainly back to healthy stuff. So that's the thing, I guess it was ingrained in me and I did return to the healthy living after those wild years of sweet cereals. But um, of course in my early 20s there were other factors uh, that may have made me gravitate towards sweet cereals. A little thing called the munchies perhaps, allegedly. Anyway, Buen Camino, Buen Camino, see, they all say it. Anyway, where was it? Let's get the fan on here. So, um, so yeah, went through that phase. But then I did, at some stage as an adult, rediscover Farley's Rusks. And in fact, some of that may have been related to the um, so-called munchies. And Liga as well, another um, <laughs> biscuit for children. Farley's Rust is the better of the two, although other brands are available. But um, yeah, the Liga kind of get, can get mushy in your mouth and stick to the top of your your, your palate. Uh, the reason I would bring all this up though is occasionally still, and I'm like closing in on 50, I, I'm known to buy Farley's Rust. I mean, Probably once or twice a year tops, probably averages once a year maybe. I do remember in the past with a friend, Matthew, buying 
Farley's Rusks and Nutella, both of which were, see I'm incriminating someone else here, it's not just me, both of which in my household were, were a no-no. I mean, I, we, I never saw chocolate spread in our home when I grew up. And then one day, my mother got Marmite. I don't know what possessed her. Chris Marmite, you know, it's got vitamin B12 and all that stuff. It's apparently good for you, especially for vegetarians. There's my tip of the day. But um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So suddenly this pot, mysterious pot of Marmite showed up on the table. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't even really notice the word Marmite. I just saw this dark brown substance and I immediately thought it was um, chocolate spread. You can imagine my excitement. So I, uh, I mean, you think, you think I would have asked first, but I mean, I don't think my mother would have deceived me that it was chocolate spread. So I guess I didn't even ask. I was finally, my mother has come to the understanding that, you know, chocolate spread is one of the great wonders of the world. Or maybe there had been some new article to say, actually, it makes you live longer. So without haste, or rather with haste, with haste, oh, but why do, who says without haste? Anywho, with haste. That sounds wrong. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I proceeded to spread the what I thought was uh, chocolate spread on my toast or bread and gobbled it down. Well, I doubt I managed to gobble the whole thing down, but I can you imagine? Most of you know what Marmite is or I believe Vegemite, down for my listeners in Australia. Uh, similar, similar um, acquired taste, as they say. Imagine, though, having never tasted it, spreading that on your toast, on your bread, thinking it's chocolate spread, and then biting into it. Aged, let's say eight, possibly one of the most traumatic experiences in my life. I'm still getting counselling for that one. Um, didn't do much to endure me to Marmite, that's for sure. But uh, back to Farley's Rusks. So, the, yesterday, or the day before it was Farley's Rusks Day, I just, I was shopping, I have a shop across the road from me, I was in there, I was hungry, that's, they always say that's a bad thing, and I got Farley's Rusks into my brain. It's not like I even kind of just saw them and suddenly thought of them. I actually searched them out. And I always feel a bit weird hanging around the baby food section because if any, anyone who knows me, my neighbors who know I don't have kids caught me there, it, it's not really a good look. And it's, it's hard to explain. So 
took a while to find them, actually. I, my mother would be pleased to know I got the reduced sugar version. And um, Buen Camino. And um, brought them home. And I, I've been enjoying them. They're not going to last long. I had one with my coffee there this morning. Oh, they're so nice. But, you know, when I was a kid, I remember Farley's Rusks as being huge because they're bigger than a regular biscuit. I, I, I remember them being huge, but now, every time I buy them now, which is only, let's say, once a year or even less, I feel they're getting smaller each time. And okay, I'm bigger than when I was a kid, but if you saw me, not a whole lot bigger. And um, I feel like, okay, I've got bigger but I'm pretty sure the rusks have got smaller. I mean, maybe I should launch an investigation for primetime TV. It could be, um, could blow the whole cover off the, uh, the rust scandal. I wonder what the equivalent in America is. I'm surprised I never sought that out. I know, uh, here's an interesting tidbit, another life hack for anyone from Ireland who likes the HB Iceburger. Do they have that in the UK? I'm not sure, but it's, uh, you know, that biscuit, ice cream biscuit. In America, Klondike is your man. That's what you want to look for, Klondike, okay? I think they have a couple of versions, but they've one that's kind of like an Iceburger with that kind of soft brown biscuit. So, uh, other brands are available, unless, of course, Klondike want to sponsor me. I've been given a lot of plugs here to brands, and uh, not a big fan of advertising, but I think me advertising a product without being recompensed, you know, that's even worse. I mean, I could. If they paid me, I could like donate it to, I don't know, the Communist Party of Ireland or something, if they still exist, just to kind of balance things out a bit. I don't think we have a Communist Party anymore. If we do, their presence is, uh, they don't make their presence known in a big way. I know when I've been to Europe, uh, in Spain and Italy, I've seen Communist Party marches I saw one on the Camino, actually, in, I'm pretty sure it was Santiago de Compostela. Two things that come to mind from there were the Communist Party march or protest, which was quite large, and also seeing the, um, in, a, in a cafe, a couple of cafes, people playing traditional music because they have, um, in Galicia, there they have, I think, a Celtic heritage. I mean, you'll see the, the, the bagpiper playing under the arch. In Santiago is sort of one of the rituals of finishing the Camino, walking past him. Uh, and yes, I remember seeing some traditional type music that definitely had a whole Celtic vibe. Haven't researched it a lot, but I... I I was told there is a link. Now, I'm going off 
on a tangent. Oh yeah, Communist Party. From Farley's Rusks, it, that inevitably leads to the Communist Party, doesn't it really? So, let's just put the fan up a bit higher here. Um, one thing I found in Europe, when I've seen Communist Party demonstrations, like I spent a year in Russia, here he goes again, talking about Russia, just dropping, crowbarring that into the conversation, just to make me sound more exotic. Um, actually went on a school tour there during communism, but it was after kind of Gorbachev came in and things were beginning to change. Then I ended up living there a few years after that, at the stage at which this sort of criminal kleptocracy is moving in and the capitalism is coming in run by mafia. And obviously some people might say, oh, capitalism is kleptocracy. I wouldn't go that far, but the version they had there, yeah, it was really bad. But the two things I saw there was the inefficiency of the old system and the cruelty of the new system. And it didn't particularly engender me towards either. But engender me, is that the right right use? Engender as, no, it isn't. Engender, uh, you would say it didn't engender a sense of something, something in me. Anyway, as I have pleaded before, my I'm not the best in the mornings. Uh, it's, uh, if I was listed on eBay, I would be sort of, con what's that term they use? I'd be used, uh, condition, well, conditioned used, uh, uh, product sold as is. That's usually a big red flag there. So yeah, I'm, you take me as is, okay? That's, that's the way I roll, okay. So, anywho, just to have a look back here in the Camino, I can uh, assert that BK is walking through forest, well, low overhanging trees. There's someone in front of him. Hopefully he's gonna overtake and take pole position. For any of you who are just listening to this on the podcast. <coughs> oh, BK just coughed loudly there. When Camino, I hope you're, uh, hope you're not getting sick. And um, for anyone who's listening to this, the clicking sound is the walking sticks that we, a lot of us use on the Camino. So I find it quite reassuring and relaxing because I know what it is, but it's just occurred to me that people who don't might not be, uh, might not like it so much. So, but my one feeling about when I saw Communist Party protests in Europe was, regardless of my political persuasion, I think it's kind of good that you have an element of that. You need, you need elements from different sides of the spectrum. And I'd consider having relatively healthy Communist Party presence isn't such a bad thing, but I know I'm not going to get in an argument with an economist over it. 
and I'm not a, don't consider myself a communist, but I am not going to continue on this discourse any longer because I know very little about economics. I can hold my own in an argument because I'm a good bullshitter, pardon my French. Trying not to swear on this. I've marked my podcast as no bad language. I think it's almost true. So, what have we covered so far? Farley's Rusks. Oh yeah, so I bought them again the other day. I've been enjoying them. But uh, yeah, every time I buy them, first of all, I don't want to be spotted skulking around the kids' food department. It's not a good look for a bachelor, I think. And... Uh, and then when I buy them, I'm, yeah, I'm just afraid I'll bump into someone at the counter. And I even feel like saying to the checkout people, oh, you know, I, I don't have kids, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like telling them that. I just, you know, it's like in the importance of accuracy, I must point out, I don't have kids. I just like Farley's Rusks. So I guess they think I have kids. Because no one would think I'm buying them for myself. But then... I never buy nappies, and I don't plan on starting. Although, oh, cyclists, get a bell. Ding, ding. Um, where was I? See, the cyclists ruined everything, as usual. So, um, Farley's, and they're buying them. Oh, yeah, there's actually a case for buying nappies. Since... I have now created the illusion in my uh, the shop across the road from me that I have kids. Maybe, see now they might think, God, he's a really negligent father. He just buys Farley's rusks and he doesn't buy nappies or anything else. So I'll have to really sit down, do the math, as I say in the States, and uh, do the math and work out maybe I should if I could buy, I'd have to buy a lot of things, wouldn't I? Other baby food as well, nappies. But then they'll also start wondering, I'd have to buy the nappies for different ages and, you know, and then stop buying them at a certain age. I'll have to invent a whole story around my mythical child or children. Let's just keep it at one. This is like that book and film about a boy where I will invent a kid that I don't have just so I can eat Farley's Rusks. I mean, if I do that, it actually liberates me to eat them as much as I want, which is a plus. But I'd have to, like, my next door neighbors would have to believe me as well, so. Then I would have to, yeah, that's a hard one. They know right now I don't have a kid, so I'd have to, start the story now. I kind of need a girlfriend first to make it more plausible. Whew, this is a tough one, but leave it with me. I, I could... Yeah. Okay, that's a tricky one. I, I could go away and then say, oh yeah, I went away and had a kid with someone and then she passed away. That's a bit dramatic. And... I'm left with the kid, and I'd have to play a tape 
you know, in the house of baby crying sounds. And then over the years, that would have to stop or change into the behavior of an older kid. And I'd have to have a story that my kid is allergic to everything, so can't go out in the world, just so that I can eat Farley's rusks. I feel like there must be an easier way, but it's not coming to me at the moment. <sighs> Maybe I should just take it easy on the rusks. At the moment, it's just a little risk. It's like a shop is just across from my house. I don't know many people locally. So I just have to buy them and scuttle across the road furtively, get them into the house, and then I'm safe. So let's just stick with that for the moment. I mean, what I'm wondering is, am I really the only adult who eats Farley's rusks occasionally? Like the people with kids who buy them for them, they have to eat them. They have to, because they're bloody nice. And they're not as sweet as regular biscuits. And they're nice size, even though they have got tiny over the years, they're still bigger than regular biscuits. So, Keep the comments coming. Uh, 26 minutes. So today I'll be like, I'll finish this immediately on the hour, run up, have a shower, be ready for work. And uh, why do I always, when I get up, you know, I, I really should have saved the coffee for after. I was there listening to the news. It's all just the same COVID my Camino. And uh, mainly COVID, a bit of Brexit, a bit of, I don't know, the usual impeachment, that kind of stuff. I don't want to date this podcast too much. I dare say it'll be listened to in the millions years from now. So uh, that's not dated too much with political references. But they have a thing on, well, both BBC and RTE News, you know, what, what it says in the papers. The RTE one, they do it at 7, just after the news headlines at 7, and then at 8 a.m. And, yeah, today I listened to them twice. I think they may have snuck in a few extra headlines afterwards. Something I like about what it says in the papers, it feels different to the regular news. It's like... I don't buy papers now, I do subscribe and read them online. And I do believe in supporting proper journalism. Uh, thus endeth the lesson. No, I won't preach any more about that. But um, thus endeth the sermon, is what I meant to say. But yeah, I like listening to what it says in the papers. It's kind of like, I usually listen to the first one if I'm awake. The first one, Irish one, um, in bed. And it's kind of like the equivalent of, instead of getting up, making coffee and perusing the headlines, I'm just they do it for me, but it sort of feels like I've got up and I'm reading the headlines, reading the papers. So it's a lazy man's paper read was a show I think it could still run on BBC Radio 4 and I think it's Sunday 
nights, like late, 11.30, or 10.45 or something, p.m., where they um, discuss the week's papers, but the way they read them out is great. It's like the tone of the, um, of the reader matches the tone of the headline. It's, uh, I must, I found, always found that enjoyable. I must check it out again. I am a bit of a Radio 4 fan and Lyric FM in Ireland. Also a bit of NPR from the States, WNYC, uh, WPEZ, is it? The, the Chicago one. This American Life podcast, haven't listened to it in a while. They're the creators of Serial. And I also like uh, Canadian radio, because I spent a year in Canada and I'm a citizen. They, uh, what is it, I haven't listened in a while. Um, CBC Radio, oh, one, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah, it is. That's their main one. They also have a two and three. They have a, they used to have a jazz one. There's a great um, satirical comedy show I came across on, actually, when I was back in Ireland on CBC Radio One. The sticks are getting louder, by the way, but I'll turn them down in the mix, the, the walking sticks. Um, there's a great, oh yeah, this is that. Oh no, I'm after stopping the video. No, no, no. Disaster. Hold on a sec. 29.42. See, I tried to adjust my headphones. This is... In drama, they would call this Jeopardy. You know, in a drama script or in a documentary, even the commissioning editors. Nice buzzword, because they probably have new ones now, but Jeopardy is a word they like to throw in there. It's not a bad one. In my book, this famous book that I'm writing, uh, I have a sense that there's a lack of jeopardy. And I think it can apply in all sorts of stories, not just high drama ones, not just like ones where people's lives are endangered. But it's just jeopardy, there's something they really want. There's a clock ticking and everything gets stopped. It gets in the way to stop them getting it. And then if you add in, you know, the clicking talk as in a deadline, that ups the ante. So this podcast, I dare say, has been lacking a bit of jeopardy, other than will he get up in time to do another day? Even that has been already negated because I skipped the odd day. So I don't think jeopardy is the word that would apply to my podcast. Uh, what's the word people would use? I mean, maybe a bit of apathy, uh, sympathy. I'm hoping to get a few sympathetic listens. People might listen just to feel a bit better about themselves. I'm okay, I'm not fussy. And uh, just calculating now if I'm on the right piece of video after that reset. Today is day nine. Yep, okay. You'll be glad to know I am on the right piece of video. I'm passing this guy, guys on, a motorbi on motorbikes. Did I see them before? Here's a guy in a hat. That's all really interesting. And sun's up, nice blue sky. And we have a jump cut here at 31.52. That could be useful for me syncing up later. 
So, yeah, today we've had a bit of jeopardy with my technical problems. I'm sure that made people sit up, their heart in their mouth. Look at what a good writer I am. I say things like heart in the mouth. That's really good writing there. You, you, can, you can keep that one, though, if you want. You can use it, I don't mind. It's like when we studied Irish in school. We used to learn a lot of phrases like that. My heart was in my mouth with fear. That in Irish would be Oh, I crowbar that into a lot of essays. There's a whole essay I wrote in, was it in, God, I, was it my leaving cert, which is our final exams, or my intercert? It was, I think it was the final. I remember reciting it for my friend Matthew, the other Rusk and Nutella fan. Because Matthew's got kids now, he's got all the rusks he wants. And Nutella, probably. Lucky him. Um, I used to recite my essay to him, he thought it was hilarious. Just every line was a cliche. I'm not going to recite it all in Irish here, not until I get. If once I hit 10,000 Irish speaking listeners, which shouldn't take too long, then I might throw in a bit of. Irish or Gaelic, as we call it. Um, not quite there yet. So, let's see. How long have I left? 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, 25 minutes. Yeah. It's actually 27 minutes because I've rewound too much. Um... So I was going to talk about Tinder, wasn't I? Farley's Rusks and Tinder, they were the sujet du jour, is that the right? See, I've got more French-speaking listeners than Irish-speaking at the moment, so. And uh, back on Tinder. I kind of go on it for a few days and then quit. But there's a lot of spam on Tinder these days. For the guys, there's a lot of female spam out there. And uh, often the profiles don't say anything really, it's just a nice looking picture and claims they're nearby or something. But uh, you just, uh, you kind of know by the things they say. Like I had one recently saying, oh yeah, what are you, straight off, what are your interests and hobbies? And then shortly after that, someone's saying the same thing, but phrased slightly different. And you just know those conversations go nowhere, and after a few lines, they'll give you an email address. You just know you're talking to um, artificial intelligence, although I use the word intelligence loosely. I never saw that film read about a guy who has uh, an emotional, or is it sexual, a relationship anyway, with a female AI um, computer thingy. And uh, Spike Jones directed, got in a big argument with Emily Maitlis on BBC over it. Uh, she referred to him as a pretentious something or other afterwards be some truth in that. He's a director after all. <sighs> Says me the 
former director. <laughs> I'm not even good enough to be pretentious, you know? So that, that's, I guess that's my saving grace. Although, here I go again with my perhaps, I think some people think I'm pretentious. Anyway, isn't that worse? Like, to be pretentious? and not to be a successful director or writer or something. I better, I better get cracking on that book because I wanna be a, pre oh, someone's saying something to me. I wanna be a pretentious somebody rather than a pretentious nobody. That's my, if it could say on a headstone, he was a pretentious somebody, I'd be like, result. At this stage, it's the best I could hope for. And a lot of jeopardy around that. There we go, there's our jeopardy word because it's, uh, it's uh, becoming less and less likely. Yeah, you know that I'm not doing positive thinking. I don't know, I did a load of that. I actually, some of that's dangerous, some of that stuff. I think I touched on it before. And I don't wanna get into it because I don't wanna diss anybody anybody's philosophy but um he's taking a picture or else yeah i was gonna say or else checking gps i can hear the bird song that's nice so we're still on a pathway through a forest now over hanging trees not a dense forest um what was i talking about pretentious somebody yeah that's the aim Positive thinking. Yeah, I might get back to Tinder, but I didn't have much to say about it other than a lot of bad AI out there. They gotta up their game. Like if the female AI persona in red was as bad as the ones on, um, sorry, my smartwatches. Oh, I think it's shutting down. Oh no. Oh. I'm, sh I'm not sure I got what you meant, she said to me. And now that's funny. Just when I'm talking about Red, the film, my AI female voice watch says, I'm not sure what you meant. Yeah, you see what I mean? I think the AI is a long way away. If she started berating me and arguing with me, then we'd be getting closer. Psychoanalyzing me. Yeah. <laughs> Asking me to pull my weight around the house. Then I'd be like, hey, this shit really works. Pardon my language. This stuff really works. So, Tinder. I moved from Tinder to AI to being a pretentious nobody. Aiming to be a pretentious somebody. There's your jeopardy right there. I know you're all wondering, by the end of this podcast, will he be a pretentious somebody, or it's just the pretentious nobody that we all love and care about and, dare I say, worry about a little. But positive thinking. I actually feel quite positive in my life. And when I'm saying things like, oh, I'm a pretentious nobody and all that, that's it's a bit of fun. People say, well, the words have meaning. Yeah, but you know something? My words mean that I don't take 
all that so seriously anymore. And it's such a relief. And back to Anthony Hopkins, who seems to have become my guru, saying it was a relief for him to realize, yes, I am inadequate. It doesn't mean he's 100% inadequate, but it does mean he's not 100% adequate. That's my interpretation. So that's how I feel at the moment. I, uh, you know, I'm doing this podcast without any, oh, there's lots of hopes and aspirations, of course, my ambitious side is always lurking, but I'm not trying to control it. I'm, you know, I saw something where Amazon, oh no, um, what are they called? Audible, they are looking for the same thing as they're run by Amazon. Commissioning podcasts and I was thinking of applying that. I don't think, I'd be pretty sure they wouldn't be interested and certainly as is because I've no plan. And I don't want to. I've applied for different awards and schemes over the years and I don't know, you start talking about the project and sometimes I just don't know what it is anymore because they're asking you all these questions. Who who do you envisage as your market and your audience? I know I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, Blind Boy Boat Club, somewhat more successful than me, Irish podcast. Hold on. We're having a conversation in Korean, and I know you want me to um, to translate, but it's it's private. So that was quite a private stuff. I'm not going to translate that for you, sorry. So three people ahead. BK, hopefully, is going to take pole position shortly. Before we finish today, there's some jeopardy. Will he make it? I'll keep a report going for you. So, uh, positive thinking. What was I saying about that? Yeah, just some people, and I've done it myself, can get yourself tied up in knots with all this so-called positive thinking and and you can end up in a fantasy land. Oh, I think there was a jump cut there in the video, just keeping you close. Still three people ahead, this is getting tight. Got about, uh, how many minutes have we got left? 15 or so? So will he make it? We'll never know. Well, we will know, I'll let you know. Now, Anyon's having another conversation. He's laughing. So that's good. And he's saying something about, I really want to overtake these people and win pole position. And then he laughs at the end for some reason. So this is quite gripping. It's a tense moment. Uh, Well, I'm already maxed out. 4.4 kilometers an hour. I ain't going faster than that, I tell you. Um, covered so many things today I've used up all my topics I felt like I was in the moment of saying something profound but my whole life has felt like that sort of on the verge of an epiphany oh BK has taken third place from fourth there are now only two people ahead of him jump cut video cut there and he is now I think still in third place yes 
so this could this could be a dramatic finish to what's been a great uh, morning of uh, Camino sports. So you ever notice sports? Uh, every time I hear it on the radio, even during COVID, now they're still they don't say it as much now, admittedly, but they're always saying, "Oh, we have a great weekend of sport lined up for you. Really exciting weekend." I'm like. They can't really all be equally exciting. I think I'd believe them more if they said, well, we've got a really mediocre week of sport lined up for you today. Or, you know, today, oh my God, this is just, this is so bad I wouldn't even bother watching. You know, if they said that every so often, then I'd actually believe them when they say they've got an exciting weekend of sport lined up. But I don't know, these sports heads seem to get easily excited. Not putting them down, of course. I'm able to talk about sports in order to talk with most gentlemen. One needs a modicum of sports knowledge, I find. I kind of like the international stuff. I did get a lecture from a Tinder date once for not following the Galway hurling team. Hurling is an Irish sport, the fastest field game in the world. Pretty exciting game. A lot of talent there. A lot of talent involved, which I do appreciate, but um, I don't follow a lot of it. Except for maybe the finals. And uh, despite getting a telling off for not following Galway, I was glad to see them win. There's only one person ahead of BK now. And I'm not even sure if it's the same person from before. The video keeps cutting. I wonder what happens when the video cuts. I wonder. I wonder what we're missing. This could be uh, something to investigate. Whoops. Pardonnez-moi. I hit my mic. So, I don't know if we're going to make it. I tell you, my right ankle is giving in. So, between me and BK, I think BK is lagging behind. And I'm beginning to, injuries are beginning to manifest. And guy ahead of him is gaining some distance so the jeopardy is increasing uh, by a force of magnitude if that's good English I think it might be and uh, we're certainly looking forward to finishing and uh, having a shower and getting to work I did enjoy my coffee and my Farley's Rusk. And uh, yesterday, actually, I got some coffee beans. I, I realized I had a grinder that I thought I didn't have. And I got some coffee beans. I did what Beethoven does, or did. Although if all time exists at once, then he's doing it right now. Uh, I counted out 60 coffee beans ground them and made the coffee. But today I didn't have time, so I just used pre-ground coffee. But also, if I was doing that on a regular basis, I would count out 60 beans, weigh them on, I've got one of those, you know, digital scales, and actually just count out that weight. Although for him, it was part of the ritual, but I know me, I always get up at the last minute, I'm in a rush. Of course, there I am talking myself into it. 
I'll concede that anything's possible. I, I may change completely. I might start composing world-class symphonies and concertos. Bit of a shame, though, because that period is kind of gone, like classical musicians now, people who compose in that style. It's more of a niche thing. You're not, you know, Beethoven was a kind of rock star in his day. No, I'm sticking with the electric guitar. I think uh, it's a little out of fashion, but it might come back. It is, after all, for me, the bedrock of modern music as we know it. Starting with, I mean, the blues. The black musicians really, oh, overtake this guy. The black musicians really informed popular American music, even though it was the airwaves and the business was dominated by white people at the time. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, who I mention every so often, he's a great guitarist actually, but he said, yeah, when he was a kid in Texas, he used to go and see the black musicians play, including Ray Charles, who was a pianist, right? And he was just, that was his education. He said he wanted to be black. He saw them. And, uh, but then, the electric guitar. You got the blues, you got the electric guitar, and what a combination. I don't think electric guitar will completely disappear. I don't know, I don't listen to the stuff nowadays, There's a lot of acoustic guitar and then other syrupy kind of music. I don't know. Hey, look, that's the way it is, isn't it? You grow up and you don't understand what the young folk are listening to, so. I mean, I listened to a lot of crap in the 80s. And it's kind of funny that I'm now practicing ZZ Top, because I'll admit they were a little cheesy, but at the heart of it all was the blues, or blues rock, as they, which was their flavor of it. And Billy Gibbons is a seriously good guitarist who uh, played, traveled with Jimi Hendrix, supporting him, and briefly played with him too. And claims that Jimi Hendrix said he was the best guitarist. I haven't heard Jimi Hendrix say it though. Either way, he's up there. And I saw a video of him just playing the blues in the shed with another musician. I thought, wow, playing the blues with, with the, an old Esquire guitar, which presaged the Telecaster guitar and getting this real vintage sound out of it. Oh, it's beautiful. You can just see how that's the basis of all his other music. And of so much popular music. This guy is not allowing any room for BK to pass. And I've got eight minutes to overtake him. Okay, I'm gonna put my speed up to 4.5. Remember, I'm carrying an ankle injury, so this is a serious jeopardy now. I think BK is suffering, I'm suffering. Let's see if my 4.5 speed helps me. Damn it, I'm going 4.6. Now, my incline is at two, I'm putting that down to one. Okay, who said this podcast wasn't exciting? And I've lost all audio for some reason. I'm not touching my headphones in case I screw up the video again. So I don't know what's happened.
I think it's just another element to the drama. I can feel you all on the edge of your seats. I can see BK's stick coming into frame, going up and down. He's really powering through. This is up there with Ben-Hur um, or any great chariots of fire. Although I wish I could do it in slow motion. And uh, any great horse race you can think of. Shurigar, who are the greats? Red Rum. Sorry, I, I don't know any American horses. I do, I do, I do. A, a seahorse, am I right? Or is that something from Bojack Horseman? <laughs> no, seahorse was a famous horse. So, also war horse, according to that's English. I saw the play, saw the film and the play. The play, the film is good. The play is worth seeing for, they really make you feel. Like story-wise, I don't remember an awful lot from, the story and the acting were fine, but what's great about it is, first of all, okay, the puppets, horse puppets are amazing. And the operators of them, they just make them feel so alive. But it's not just that. Everyone comments on the puppets, but the whole play, makes you feel, for me it was like it's from the point of view of a horse. So they had loud bangs and flashes and you know, of the artillery or whatever. And just, I can't, I'd, I'd need to see it again to study how they did it, but that was what it did to me. It put you totally in the point of view of the horse, just freaked out in the middle of a war. And it really, I can see why it was so successful. It was National Theatre in London put it on. I, I saw it when it came to Board Goss Theatre in Dublin. And I'm not going to say it's my favourite play that I've ever seen, but really, yeah, I can see why it's so successful. Really visceral experience. My sound is totally gone here, so. But I can tell you, it looks like we're not going to reach pole position. Sorry to tell you now, folks. I know you want, okay, you want me to go faster, 4.8. Here we go. And we have six minutes. He's closing in on the guy, but the guy just won't. He's got his sticks out wide. Hence the Ben-Hur analogy. If you ever saw Ben-Hur, one of the guys had spikes on one of his wheels, which was also replicated in the James Bond movie. Um, not sure which one. Won't let him pass. He knows. He knows that I'm involved here. See, people don't like me. This guy doesn't like me. I don't know why. I, ne I never did anything to harm him. But he's now blocking me from achieving pole position with BK for my many listeners. Hold on a sec. Oh, I saw an opening there. No. He's um. There's a gap, but it's narrow. It's dangerous. It's tight. Oh, here we go. Oh my God, we have just overtaken. This is, oh, this is extraordinary. Oh, and the sound has come back. Oh my God. Oh my God, that was, I can honestly say out of the whole real Camino and out of my virtual Camino, the most exciting, I'm sure you agree with me, the most exciting event yet. I can now report I'm in pole position as we come to the end of my day one. This really has been an exciting, well, weekday of sport. And I dare say we have other exciting days lined up. 
So me going to 4.8 kilometers an hour really helped. I gotta stay at that. I need to close out in the lead now. Okay. I will concede there are two other people ahead, but that's for the next day. My mission today was to overtake that guy who did everything in his power to stop us. And I feel it's not an exaggeration to say that God was on our side there in that heroic battle. Oh, and they're talking Korean and he's saying, well done, you overtook him. You took pole position. He said, yeah, I did, it was tough. I couldn't have done it without James. Without James going to 4.8 on the Camino. Now, they're pointing at something and saying, oh, look at the trees, aren't they nice? Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're laughing and saying, well, they're the same as all the other trees. And here we go. Off again. Uh, got about three minutes left. I'm cutting it fine here, because I do have a life outside of this. So, hope you know I've made a great sacrifice for all my listeners. And, uh, Jolly good performance all round. Really exciting, as I said, morning of Camino sport. And uh, for anyone who had a bet on, congratulations. Enjoy your winnings, spend them sensibly. And gamble sensibly, I must say. I don't want to encourage gambling. In fact, cash in your winnings and never gamble again. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You come here for advice, I gotta give you, I gotta be responsible with the advice I give. So. See, now my treadmill says I have a minute left, but because the video stopped and I had to rewind, let's see. The video says I have two minutes left. That's probably right. Oh my God, I'm really cutting it fine. Okay, that's okay. I'm going to go right up to four hours on the video, okay, which is two minutes away. So um, this is my sort of victory lap. Never really got to talk about Tinder, save that for another day. I never have much luck in it anyway. I like to think it's because I'm a sort of exotic breed. I'm a, oh yes, like um, Marmite, I'm an acquired taste. Like Marmite, you either hate it or you love it. Although, <laughs> more people seem to hate it. <laughs> oh, I know, I can just hear the positive thinkers saying, no, no, you must not say that. I'm gonna say whatever I want. I've said lots of stuff in my life. Said loads of positive things. And uh, I don't know, the universe kind of just shrugs and gets on with it, you know? Whatever we say. But a positive outlook is definitely good. Makes you more, uh, people like you more, and I guess it makes, doesn't scare people off, so I hear. I'll find out after lockdown, I'll go out and be positive, let you know how I get on. So, I've really got to wrap this up. Let's see how we're doing. Tw uh, 27 seconds, okay, so 33 seconds ago, and I'm stopping now. Okay. And I'm actually gonna go down to four kilometers an hour now. Gonna put my incline to zero, I'm winding down. So just to note, we got a telegraph pole on the right or one of those mobile phone masts, I think. So that's where we stopped. We'll be looking for that tomorrow when we start again. Uh, handing over to BK, got five seconds left. 
uh, over and out. Um, God bless Buen Camino and uh, what a day. What a day. Thanks for all your help, guys, all your support. Okay. Okay, so here we go. I am back again. It's still day nine. And uh, apologies for this. It's been a tough day. I'm back again because I realize there's only 15 minutes to finish, to finish our day nine, BK's day two. And I thought I wouldn't do that to my fans to leave them 15 minutes from the end of a full day for our video man that we're following here. So, welcome back. Uh, it's been actually eight hours or so or more since I last talked to you. And um, back to do the last 14, uh, sorry, 15 minutes. Which means tomorrow, day 10, will be a fresh, will be BK's day three. So we'll be starting in the AM. Nice. It's nice to get to finish a full day. If we look here, yeah, the sun would have started behind him. It's coming around. It's kind of more in front of him. Dazzling him a bit. And uh, that's a sign that he's going the right way, at least. So I don't think the last stretch is the hardest. I think the first stretch, getting going is hard. Uh, I don't know, it's all hard. But the last stretch, at least there's sort of, there's hope, the end is in sight. So I average 23.5 kilometers a day. One day, early on, just after Pamploma, I only did like six or eight kilometers because my knees were banjaxed, as we say. Kaput. So, uh, then another day I did 45 kilometers. That's a story worth hanging in there for. Uh, so PK is talking to his friends there. He's saying, we're nearly there, lads, hang in. So, uh, God, the treadmill's really squeaky. I wish I had a sponsor, you know, like a treadmill sponsor who could give me the best gear. I just changed the incline. It's less squeaky now, I think, for the moment. Um, I, I have nothing planned to talk about. I was going to say something there, then PK spoke, I lost my train of thought. What, whatever were we talking about? We're getting near the end anyway. So yeah, it's all tough. But I got there in the end and I'll get there this time. So with you, if you do it, or if you're doing it now. So just lots of trees around and narrow pathway. Nothing too exciting. Weather's good in Spain, that is. Here in Ireland, it's, yeah, it's okay. It's chilly and dry today. I'll take that. Oh, I think I was on the verge of saying something interesting. We'll never know. So, uh, I have things lined up to talk about. Um, I can never really give you a preview of, you know, tomorrow on uh, Camino on a Treadmill because I never know what I'm going to be saying. 
going to talk about David Bowie at some stage. That's on my list. Let's have a look at the list. God, I really think I had something profound lined up. Oh, yeah, the 45 kilometers. That's an interesting story. You could say there was love interest involved. That, that would be stretching the point a little. But uh, I'll just plant that there. Keep my listeners listening in the soap opera that is my Camino, Camino on a treadmill. You could do a soap opera on, a Camino, on the Camino, but it'd kind of be strange because it keeps moving. Soap operas kind of are rooted in place, kind of like sitcoms in a way. Um, I do have a couple of book ideas set on the Camino. I think you could do interesting things. I do have a book idea based around the 45-kilometer trip that I make. Oh, where do I make that? After Los Arcos. If you want to look that up, that's when it heats up. That's when the B-story romantic plot kicks in. Oh boy, I am really overcooking that. Big time. But uh, why not? You need to overcook things a little to keep people listening. It's uh, worse things have been done. So BK was just saying there, um, I'm looking forward to hearing James's story about the 45 kilometers. Yeah, you like it, BK. You like it. It's it's good. So what else have I lined up? Let's see. How are we doing time-wise? So. <laughs> They're having a laugh. That's good. Are you having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? I, I don't have the accent for that. Catchphrase from extras. Are you having a laugh? No, let's, let's not go there. Oh, BK's humming. He's in a good mood. You know why? Because we're going downhill now. Because if there's one thing better than downhill, it's than uphill, it's downhill. Although, got to like the old plateaus as well. There is a metaphor for life. Mind you, if it was all plateaus, uh, they say it would be boring. Uh, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. Just like they say you live in California. Say after living in Ireland, people say they get sick of the sunshine. Uh, I'd certainly like to give it a try. I'd certainly like to, to get to that point. Although, it does have to be said, just thinking about it, I'm not a major sunshine head. Like, I don't like the rain. We get way too much of that here. I spent a year in Vancouver, British Columbia. Again, too much rain. Uh, cold and dry. I like that. Used to get a bit of that in Russia. Iceland, I remember being there. Cold and dry, powdery snow. Not too much sunlight. That was okay. But yeah, I'm... Uh, when I'm rich and famous, I'll be, uh, I'll try out California. I'll let you know how I get on. I like London as well. I'd like to, uh, 
I'll have a place there as I, I think we've been through this before. Just keep the money coming in and uh, buy all the properties. Let you know how I get on. So, big conversation going on here. PK and his friends in good form on the way downhill, laughing, looking forward to arrival at Zubiri. I actually went on past her to not Los Arcos, some other place. The place with the crazy shopkeeper who said, you need to relax. I think I've talked about him enough. I'd love to know what they're saying. I've given up the pretense that I can translate Korean. I'm sorry for anyone who was fooled. I can be pretty convincing at times. I didn't mean to deceive you. It was all the name of good humor. Whew. So we're nearly there. He'll have a little map at the end to show the end of his day too. End of my day nine, our day nine. And everyone's in good form, even I am. So I won't even look at my phone to see what surprises I have lined up for tomorrow. David Bowie is somewhere on the list. I'm getting a few ideas about aliens, about my alien listenership. Kind of want to give a shout out to them as well. Because millions of years from now, they could, I could be discovered. So you've got to keep all the options open. If you've ever seen release forms, oh, they're all happy. Release forms for actors. Sometimes it says things like they refer to this film, be, you know, we own the rights to distribute this in all territories and all as yet undiscovered territories. And I'm pretty sure I saw something in a contract about intergalactic. I think, I think I did. And I actually, I was documentary I was working on when we did up release forms. I made sure that was in there just because it looked kind of cool. Like, there's nothing, I've never really wielded much power in my life, but when you're getting someone, <laughs> they're having a good laugh here. And uh, they're happy, I know that feeling. Closing in on the end of hard days walking. But as I was saying, if BK would give me a minute, um, there is nothing more powerful than getting someone to sign away their intergalactic universal rights to you. In this universe and all known universes. Oh, my phone is beeping, reminding me to put out my compass spin. That certainly landed me straight back down to Earth. But yeah, if you're gonna do a release form, I suggest covering all your bases. And don't just, don't just let it stop at this universe. Some say there are infinite universes in which everything, all permutations are playing out at once. I'd like to think I'm only walking the Camino on a treadmill in one of them. Um, any more than one. One is sad enough. Any more than one is, yeah, not good. Oh, I'll put the fan on to pass the time.
which would have passed anyway, according to Mr. Beckett. So thanks for walking with me. Uh, oh, they're speaking English. We couldn't stay at Roncebias last night. They won't have time for Pamplona. Oh no. Oh no. And here we go, we're arriving. Buen Camino. You having a laugh? You having a laugh? You having a laugh? Oh, I'm, I'm, I got that totally wrong. Okay. Photograph time, they're taking pictures of themselves. I hardly took any pictures. I was walking on my own. Yeah, I could have got people to take them. I think I did once or twice. I'm not really into that. Even when I was when I was in school, I used to end up not being in the school photographs a few times. At least once because I was um, knocking off school. That was uh, not a bright idea. There was photographic evidence of my lack of presence. I'm not sure how I got out of that. Then when I was on film sets working as an editor or even director, I think I missed a few photo shoots. So, uh, not really camera shy, but just camera lazy. That's more the word, camera lazy. So, I'm lazy about taking pictures and about being in them. I used to take more when I was a kid, but now I just take pictures of receipts and things. <laughs> How sad is that? Receipts and signs and things to remember. Um, rather than aesthetically pleasing things. Although, don't laugh until you've seen a well-photographed receipt with proper exposure. That can be quite aesthetically pleasing in its own right. So don't knock it until you've uh, done it or seen it. Crossing over a bridge here into Zubiri. Yeah, I went left. Sorry, before the bridge, I went left. And I think, did I meet Ashling there? No, she thinks she'd gone ahead of me, but she stayed in Zubiri. Then I met her later in Pamploma. So yeah, I went on because my destiny dictated that I meet the mad shopkeeper. You need to relax. Okay, here's the map. PK is showing a map of the route. Fairly hilly. And uh, let's see. Okay, the video's over. Good night, Buen Camino. See you tomorrow.